This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Enterprise BizBytes. I'm Rich Bradbury. It is uh, 12.05, coming in, oh, 12.06 now here in the studio. Uh, I'm going to be with you for about half an hour or so, maybe a little bit longer. The Internet Alliance Malaysia has announced the launch of its talent development program in partnership with the National Association of Private Educational Institutions and the Malaysian Digital Association. The program aims to nurture future-ready digital talent to fill the growing demand for tech careers in the digital economy, and it is supported by more than 130 member companies. And on top of that, the Talent Development Program is the first in the Internet Alliance's three-phase campaign that aims to upskill, reskill, and empower homegrown talents through ecosystem partnerships. So we wanted to know how talent development programs bridge that gap between traditional education and industry needs, and how the Internet Alliance addresses skills gaps and to ensure a steady supply of industry-level professionals, as well as how these programs keep pace with the evolving technologies. If you want to take part in the conversation along with me, you can get us on our U-Mobile WhatsApp number. It is 018-789-8899. And here joining me in the studio to help me discuss this today is Dr. Sunny Oi, the president at the Internet Alliance, and Kao Sun Kyu, the vice president of the Malaysian Digital Association, Gents, I'm glad to have you here on the show, and thank you very much for taking the time to join us today. Thank you, Richard. Thank you for having us. It's uh, Dr. Sunny. It's been a while since I spoke to you, right? Yes. Uh, about a, about a year. About a year. Thank what you. have you been up to in the last year? Well, I think it was uh, pretty much engaged in uh, talent development. Is uh-huh. one one chapter. Uh, well, I am also com- just completed my thesis. Oh, have you now? Yeah. Well, that sounds exciting. You can tell us a bit more about that a little bit later uh, on. Yes. Carlson, I've not spoken to you here, I don't think, no, in the studio no, this yet. this is the first time. Ah, have you been here at BFM offices before? No. No, this is your first time yes, entirely? Yes, everything oh, first. Radio first? Radio first, yes, you're right. Fantastic. These are the kind of interviews that I like. Mm. Now, um, neither of you are nervous, right? No. no, no, of course not. Of course not. Uh, let's get cracking, though. Uh, Dr. Sunny, the Internet Alliance, uh, as we know, and as we've spoken about in previous uh, chats, was set up back in 2010, right? Um, how would you perceive now uh, that current gap bet- between traditional education and the rapidly evolving needs of the tech industry? Right. Uh, thank you for the questions. Mm. I think I will probably summarize in two points, right? If you look at the education mismatch as a word, yeah. uh, meaning the uh, make, ensuring the uh, fresh graduate having the skill set to meet the tech requirement, I guess it's always been there. Mm. There's no perfect mm. uh, education system that will cater for the needs of the employer yeah. today out there. But the, I think the situation has kind of widened over the years mainly because of the evolution of digital revolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, case in point, in the past, where many of the first grads right, have come out, we were transforming from digitization. It means from the analog to digital. Yeah. So many of these fresh grads were hired to actually uh, helping the company, uh, with the companies, tech company, mm. to helping it go digital. Mm. Right? Mm. The second phase where we go digitalization, what they do is actually they're helping to make the business process more efficient. Mm-hmm. But fast forward right now, we are doing do a lot of digital transformation where businesses are trying to transform from a traditional model to a digital company. Do I fall the gap and mismatch? So this is one part of it. And this that gap's only getting wider. Getting wider. And, and wider. faster, I'd imagine. Yes. Yeah. 
The second element of mismatch is because of human in nature. Mm-hmm. If you look at the workforce today, in the past, where fast backward in 30 years, you probably see there's only two generations, the baby boomer generation and Gen X, yeah. right? But now fast forward to today's, you probably see a five generation of workforce. I lose track. That's right. Yes. <laughs> right? Are we Gen X? Are we Gen Y? Are we Gen Z? What are we now? You know, yeah. Where are we now? You're going to have five generations. Yeah. So therefore, I think it's strategically important for top management or any company to have a very clear digital HR strategy. Mm-hmm. Right at the top, from the senior management and also the HR, mm. uh, ensuring that all these five generations coming together. Otherwise, this is going to be a mismatch of expectation. Yeah. yeah. For all of these generations. All of these generations. Well. Council, have you got anything to add to what Dr. Yeah. Sunny just said? No, I think uh, he's right. Um, well, let me start off with the analogy, right? So whenever I speak to my staff, uh, I get a bit annoyed when uh, anyone new, whether is it whichever generation they come from, uh, they're not taken care of when mm. they come in, right? Uh, I think this is where uh, the analogy is always like, if you know you have a newborn baby and you bring the baby back and you cannot assume that a baby would know how to operate around the house. You can't just say like, hey, you know, just... Go and go, vacuum go, yeah, that room over there. Exactly, right? Yeah. You can't, right? So you still need to be able to uh, kind of like take care of them, right? So mm. I take care here means a lot of things, right? From making sure that they have got a, a, a career advancement, making sure that uh, that uh, they feel welcome and so on, right? So I think uh, regardless of whatever generation, I think the, the basic core fundamental is really about... Uh, welcoming humans into their workforce. Mm. And communication, I guess, as well, Absolutely. because what you were saying, if they're not feeling welcome, that goes two ways. Mm-hmm. You know, these people that are coming into the workforce might not necessarily know how to operate and to interact and, and, and whatever. And those people at the top, mm. who might be from these older generations that Dr. Sunny is mentioning, <laughs> might not know how to communicate with these. You're right. Right. On that note then, uh, Kaosin, could you uh, elaborate how you think the specific uh, ways that talent development programs help bridge some of those gaps and help kind of prepare individuals for, for industry demand. Right. Like uh, like Dr. Sunny said, um, things have just moved so fast. So there are a few ways, I think, uh, all sorts of, uh, uh, from uh, governments and so on, are trying to, to help out in this area. So there are four things which I can kind of see. One would be very specific skills enhancement programs, right? Mm-hmm. So these are like very... Uh, I would call it specific general. I'm trying to say it's like, for example, someone's wanting to know about digital marketing and digital advertising. So they can go to probably Next Academy or some other academies which they have, right? And then they also have got like very specialized sort of training like AI, machine learning and so on. Um, So I think these are available either paid or even there's free ones. Uh, You just go on the MDAC site, you probably could see it's all there. They partner with uh, the Metas of the world. Um, the other point would be uh, to address the whole skill gap uh, is also hands-on experience. So I think this is where um, our partnership uh, with uh, Internet Alliance is really about creating the first thing, which is internship, mm-hmm. right? So when you actually do it, that's where you learn, right? So even in my company right now, uh, you know, someone is coming in to learn about the whole area of uh, data and so on, right? So when they learn it, they apply it, they know it. So the second thing is about um internship uh, hands-on experience mm-hmm. third one would probably be mentoring and coaching yeah right so someone much more experienced kind of like coaching um, someone less experienced and the last one I think is just a whole uh, company culture of encouraging continuous learning yeah right so that is how we probably need to be able to address the whole uh, skill gap 
I love that idea of continuous learning. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, a very important thing. And it, it's, it's helped me throughout my career as well. Uh, and especially when I've had a mentor who has encouraged me to do that, you know, mm. and, and has said, maybe you should check out this podcast. Maybe you should check out this video. Here's a book mm. that I can recommend that Absolutely. maybe would help you along. 100%. Yeah. Dr. Sunny, um, th this launch of the Talent Development Programme and in partnership with the National Association of Private Education Institutions and MDA, how uh, do you think that this partnership uh, will help to fuel the programme's objectives? And what strategies have been put in place to ensure that this program stays relevant, I guess, and, and aligns with this ever-changing technology landscape that we're constantly talking about? Yeah. For this program to work, I think we first need to look at the different stakeholders. The first stakeholders, of course, being the academy itself, the mm. university, the institution, the university, the colleges that train all the graduates, mm. right? The second part, of course, being the employer which is, a, I think in this case, our association play a role. Yeah. Because collectively, we, we, know we combine about 130s of, uh, all 130s of these digital service companies mm -hmm. between known in Malaysia. Mm -hmm. right. the, the third part, I think it's important, the type of stakeholders is really about the society itself. All right? Society itself also need to make sure that uh, they need to understand society involved the government initiative yeah. and also the society, the universities itself, the student itself. Yeah. So I think these four stakeholders which I call it a supply and demand game, right? Uh -huh. So in the past, it's, it's one side is keep supplying, but the demand side is not feeling it, mm. then it's not coming to equilibrium. Right. So I think in this case, it's all about supply and demand of mm -hmm. the talent workforce. Mm. And for this to be successful, both uh, all stakeholders got to come hand in hand. Yeah. When we're talking about keeping it relevant though, yeah. you know, how, how do you ensure that happens? Because as, as we just said a few minutes ago, tech is changing so quickly. That's correct. How do you make sure it's always you, you guys are always on the ball and that you're always at the top of your game and you, that you've always got the, the most relevant knowledge? I think the interesting thing is many of the university and institutions are already coming forward to engage uh, private uh, tech industry companies. Like many mm -hmm. of us are engaged in a way to, in the form of contributing right. in the form of their syllabus. Yeah. This is a good first step. Right. But this is just the first step. Yeah. The reality is that when the students actually they come out through the internship. I think I think Carlson brought up a very good example. Internship is the first step. Mm -hmm. What we intend design this program is to have a structured internship. During the first three, six months of internship, it's not about having the student to have a tick box just to come in to check, you know, to join the society. Mm -hmm. It's about what they can get out from the three to six mm -hmm. months. In fact, uh, if you go into a good internship program, uh, we, we should like to call it, if you are good in that, you can do an internship to a higher program. Right. So that is the right approach. Mm. Many of us first join company. Yeah. Within the three months, you probably know you like this company or not. Yeah. yeah. You probably and know in the first yes. week. Mm. You know, yeah. if, if you're out there making coffee for, for your bosses, you're probably not in the right place. You're not <laughs> right. going to learn a lot, right? Right. Okay. Let's take a short break. Sure. Yeah. Uh, folks, I'm in the studio with uh, Dr. Sunny Oi and uh, Kausen Hearn. We're talking uh, about, uh, sorry, Kausen Hugh. Uh, we're talking about the Internet Alliance Malaysia and uh, have announced the launch of its talent development program in partnership with the National Association of Private Educational Institutions institutions and the Malaysian Digital Association. We're going to take a short break. We've got some messages with uh, some music coming up from Tina Turner in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. And if you want to ask any questions of us uh, throughout the show, get us on our U-Mobile WhatsApp. It is 018-789-8899. You can get us on X or Twitter, whatever you still want to call it. We're at BFM Radio. We'll be right back after these messages here on BFM 89.9. Bright. 
Formidable Media. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Enterprise BizBytes. My name is Rich Bradbury. Of course, that was Tina Turner with What's Love Got to Do With It. I'm in the studio with uh, Dr. Sonny Oi, uh, the president at the Internet Alliance, and Kausen Hugh, the vice, uh, vice president of the Malaysian Digital Association. Uh, fellas, thank you very much for sticking with me here in the studio, and I'm glad that I've not scared you off yet, Kausen, being this <laughs> your first uh, radio interview. Uh, we are, of course, speaking about this uh, partnership with uh, the National Association of Private Educational Institutions and the Malaysian Digital Association uh, as to, with this uh, talent development program. So um, let's crack on a little bit, Dr. Sunny. And I want to know that through this program, how exactly um, do you think the Internet Alliance can identify these critical skills gaps uh, within the tech sector? And how does your program target these particular gaps uh, effectively? Yeah, I think I'll break into two parts, right? Mm. The first part is really about the hard digital skill set. Mm. I think what Carlson mentioned, things, technology like blockchain, AI, and so on. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I think a small part of it already been taught, introduction already been done at the school level, at the university yeah. levels, yeah. right? But when they actually enter into the real business environment, mm. I think this is where the 80% of the work needs to be done. Right. Because there's very real application. Right. The only way for this young fresh graduate to actually understand and put into practice is through industry training. Is to do it. Is to do it. On job on training. On job training itself. Yeah. All the, the internships, around, as right? you mentioned. Yeah. For instance, a data scientist, right? Yeah. You can do whatever modeling, but without a real data, mm. you don't see and feel the tangible type of business impact. Right. Right. This yeah. is one part of it. I think the other part of it is really about soft skill. Mm -hmm. Soft skill has been always been there, right? Uh, it has been taught in the school. Things like problem solving, teamwork, collaboration, your digital savviness in today's mm. uh, digital ecosystem world, mm. right? All this, I think it can be very easy to some students, uh, some fresh graduate. It can be also very difficult. Yeah. So it all depends on the brought up and the environment where they came from. Mm -hmm. But I think the ability for them to nurture them, to, to expose them to the environment, to also have the opportunity to speak to many of the mentors and the senior leaders within the tech industry, I think this is a good exposure for them to get to the first-hand mm. experience. Mm. So I think to summarize, it's really about two parts, the hard digital skill set and the soft digital skill set. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Carlson, we, we mentioned it a couple of times, and, and Dr. Sunny has mentioned it again there about you know mentorship mm. and, and guidance. Mm. Um, how important do you think that is? And um, through that, do you think it, it's the, the the correct way to, I, I guess, fill that gap for, the, for these skill shortages? Do you think that's the, the best way of doing it? Uh, of course not. It's not the best way, but it's one of the most um, effective ways, I would say. Right. So um, at MDA itself, uh, we kind of like piloted a mentorship program uh, mm. where we match the, uh, the senior folks of the industry uh, with the juniors, right? So what happens is that uh, based on their feedback, great feedback, right? So um, they learn things like, I didn't know that I could get career guidance from a mentor. I didn't know that I could get leadership development stuff. But besides the technical things, they also get to know uh, about all the other stuff, right? Mm. So which teaching I think has its place, but I think mentorship kind of fill in the gaps as well, right? Mm -hmm. So like I always said, uh, in the whole area of mentorship, there's only three goals in in, in uh, doing any sort of mentorship, which is the three Cs, right? First C is clarity. So when someone is very clear what they do, 
uh, or what or what they know. I mean, things just 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 fly, right? So clarity yeah. is important. Uh, second thing is in the whole area of um, courage. So sometimes some people know what they need to do, but they just need somebody to kind of just urge them, right? To to go through to encourage them. And the third thing is a challenge. So a mentor's job is also the challenge, right? So these are things which sometimes teaching can't really do, mm-hmm. uh, but a mentor can do those things. Mm-hmm. So I think those are really, really effective uh, skills that a mentor needs to have. Lah. I think that's a really important thing, the idea of, of challenging yeah. the, the people, the, the interns who are there or people that are on this program. Mm. Because you don't want them, first of all, you don't want them to get bored. You know, and, and if the, the work that they're doing is mundane and, and boring, they're going to walk out of the, the office, aren't they? And they're not going to want to come back. That's right. Let's talk a little bit then about um, competitive advantage mm. and how something like this uh, and, and getting people involved in these talent programs could provide that particular company with, with, with uh, a competitive advantage. Right. Um, well, I mean, again, back to the whole talent development thing, the importance of talent, right? So um, someone once asked me, well, what's important uh, you know, in a company? Is it, is it people? Is it product? Is it process? And so on, right? So all these are important, right? Because product, process, people, and so on equals to profits, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but ultimately, it's people which is important, right? So I think uh, I was speaking to, to a, a colleague uh, in the industry once, and he was saying that, uh, so how do you run a successful business? I asked him once and he was saying that, well, when you take care of the people, the people take care of the clients, the clients will take care of your pockets. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's a very interesting way of looking at things. So I think there's a lot of intentionality that needs to be done in terms of really uh, uh, kind of like investing in the people, the whole talent development thing, right? Um, and I think when it's done right, everything, everything will just flow again, efficiency, mm. uh, succession planning, um, agility and so on because again people make the magic mm. yeah, so. yeah over to you Dr. Sunny uh, now obviously the Internet Alliance you guys are in touch with like 130 plus member companies something like that how do you get these guys um, and these companies to come together to participate in something like this was it a difficult conversation to have with some of them or was everybody on board with this I think what is uh, because the industry as a whole, you know, we are like a bunch of digital service providers out there. Yeah. Uh, but we find that one thing in common is about people, talents. Uh-huh. Everybody have this same pinpoint. That's why the idea spark off that we need to do something that you know, uh, as a NGO, we want mm. to benefit our members, right? Mm. So this mm. makes sense immediately. Mm. But because we are also an NGO, we don't have the. We all have a full time job, right? So what do we do is because uh, what do we do is we set up actually a portals. Uh-huh. from all our members to uh, upload. It's just like a job portal in a privately host for many of our members to uh, and all the 130 members to you know, post it there. Yeah. And we also get the uh, universities and the students to go there and apply. Right. So we use actually technologies in a way, yeah. digitalization of the talent program to get a matching of these both. Great yeah. stuff, yeah. yeah. What's the kind of applications been like? You know, how many people have you seen apply for this? I, I guess right now we have over 20, 30 companies already in. It's yeah. still, still polling in. Okay. Uh, of course, uh, NAPI have about 70 over private institutions yeah. uh, which is coming in. Yeah. Uh, we also have privately engaged many of the uh, well-known universities. Mm. Uh, they are also uh, having given understanding to come in. Mm. There are also some uh, local government agencies who are uh, intend to come in to train some special courses and so on. Mm. So these are MOU are in process to come in. Uh, of course, we are not here to just sign MOU. Uh, 
uh, we are all business people being very practical about numbers yeah. and yeah. getting action, right? Yeah. So reality is to see is scale. Yeah, okay. Okay, folks, um, if you want to get in touch with us, we've still got a few more minutes left yet. Uh, get us via our U-Mobile WhatsApp number, 018-789-8899. You can get us on X. We are at uh, BFM Radio. Kelson, just over to you quickly. Um, mm. What measures have been put in place to kind of gauge the effectiveness of, of, of such programs in narrowing these skills gaps and, and meeting these industry requirements? I mean, it's okay to create these courses and to create these kind of partnerships, mm-hmm. but how do you know that they're actually doing what they're supposed to be doing? Right, let's focus again once on the whole area of structured internship, right, well, where Dr. Sunny was saying. So there are a few things that need to be put in place, I think in all sorts of internship, whether is it through us or whatever. Number one is that... Uh, of course, uh, you need to kind of set KPIs, mm, right? Mm. Uh, whether in terms of your learning outcomes. So this is something, a discussion that needs to be had with the intern themselves, mm. right? Second thing is also some kind of feedback mechanism. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, kind of like, you know, do a pre-programmed internship uh, uh, audit of what kind of skills they don't have. And at the end, again, to check whether did they kind of acquire those skills or not. Have they got new skills? Yes, yeah. exactly, right? Yeah. Uh, and the third thing, of course, is employability. That's the most important thing. Whether or not, like what Dr. Sunny said, that uh, the company would like to continue to actually hire this person from mm. intern to uh, a full-time job. Mm-mm. Yeah. So these are things which we need to put in place to see whether it's a successful program or not. Okay. So that, that movement from intern to potential hire you, right. obviously you want to see those numbers going up throughout mm, the right. entire program that's okay right. um, Dr. Sunny uh, last question for you uh, before we wrap up for the day uh, what kind of resources or, or support then do you guys offer to these businesses to help them um, integrate these skills acquired through these programs into their day to day operations I think the first part on uh, helping into this I don't call businesses, they are basically our members, right? Members, They are yes. running the businesses. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, without us coming in, they are already doing it on their own. Mm-hmm. But what is uh, this program can actually more structured in a way. Uh, you know, always say that uh, in the past, when you hire intern to the organization, this intern may join and may not join, mm-hmm. right? We lose the opportunity outside. But what we do, we collectively come together as 130 big companies. Uh, intern one may join a company A, but eventually they may find that this is not the right company they mm-hmm. want. But through this structured internship program, they may find that there's another company B within the 130 organization of their interest. Mm-hmm. So we are actually putting effort collectively to, to, to give this you know, internship a more meaningful Got for it. them to reach out. Got it. And if even we lose outside, we lose within the community. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, that makes me think back to, you know, when I was at school, and I'm guessing probably when you guys were at school too, yeah. you know, you go and see one of those uh, career advisors, and you're maybe yeah. 14, 15, 16, and they say, what do you want to be when you leave school? What, what do you, you don't know at that yeah. point, right? That's correct. But if you're part of a community like this, where you're interning for one company, one member, yeah. and then you find out that there's all of these other options, yeah. you are kind of, as an intern, you're, you're sure showing that your your interest is within that community and That's then right. it's easy for you to move around, I'd imagine. Is that, is that about right? right? That's correct. Okay. Now, obviously, um, to close off, we're celebrating 66 years of independence tomorrow. Um, and this is kind of one of those questions that I want to throw out that is just kind of wrap up. What do you think and where do you think this country will stand 100 years down the line when it comes to developing stuff like industry-ready talents? Let, let's start with you, Hassan. Hmm. I think uh, 
He's so, got, you've got a smile on your face. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's because I've got a lot to say about this, but I'll try to keep it short. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, what's interesting is uh, besides me uh, uh, wearing the head of uh, VP of uh, MDA, mm. so uh, I am uh, also the CEO of uh, Nafnag, which is an influencer marketing agency. So lately, I think there's some reports, uh, especially this year, released by uh, private education uh, institute that said that 50% of um, school leavers decides not to continue their studies, right? Mm -hmm. And the question is, so what are these 50% not, what are they going to do? And uh, one third of it says that they want to do, uh, to be a content creator. Yes. And they wanted uh, to be, uh, to do e-healing and so on. And they wanted to start their own business. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think what's interesting about this is that uh, it's it's both sides. So the question we ask ourselves, like why aren't they interested in pursuing uh, for the education, right? Um, I think it's because uh, ultimately, I think in, in in Malaysia itself, I think rest of the the, the part of the world, I think universities today uh, may not be that exciting uh, in terms of what is being offered. Um, I think in all things in today's context, whether to, to last the next hundred years, um, learning I believe needs to become needs to come in a form of three forms, right? Learning needs to be personalized, yeah, which means that you know, they get to learn it in their own way. Learning needs to be learning needs to be contextualized, which means it needs to be applied to the real world. And learning needs to be socialized as well, which means I get to learn from one another. Mm. And unfortunately, universities these days are trying their best, but they're not creating this kind of environment. It's kind of like, here you go, I download to you, you just study, right? But if a university is able to do those things, right, and kind of give them challenges such as like, you know, UN um, sustainable goals and so on. What are they going to do with it? So whatever they learn, how they learn it, discuss in a group and so on and try to solve real real problems. Clearly, I would want to hire someone like that mm. who has been through that kind of, mm. uh, you know. So I think there is this whole mismatch of like, you know, I couldn't go through like three years of of, of education and can spend this much. But does it really matter? Mm. Do I still, mm. you know, do I get a good job anyway? Mm. Right? So I think if universities can address those things uh, with the help of industry uh, partners like us, uh, we hope to be able to kind of bridge the gap. Mm. Thanks, Dan Kelson. Dr. Sunny. I would like to start with using a numbers, right? Okay. Uh, one equal to 3.46. You know what that means? Uh, go on. <laughs> Singapore dollar exchange rate. Oh, sure. Right? <laughs> so if you look at that, right, uh, talent being a talent, right? <laughs> when they employ and fresh graduate, today, especially in this uh, globalized world, with digitalization, with gig economy coming in, right? Yeah. Many of the fresh graduate, in fact, our uh, so-called the talent, Malaysia produce a lot of good talents. We but do. many of the top talents are actually working overseas, mm. even across the broad. Mm. Today, we also have competing uh, nations uh, in the next countries. Mm. Uh, residing in Singapore, getting a Singapore pay. You know, residing in Malaysia, taking a Singapore pay. Mm. I was told that Singaporeans' uh, uh, talents are losing to the UK and Australia. Because you physically can be anywhere in the world, right? That's Doing right. a job. Yeah. So I think for Malaysia's going independent, I would love to see where I think uh, as a whole, that's why I say all stakeholders from academia to the uh, mm. you know industry as a whole, mm. to even the government in this case, and also the uh, society as a whole, and the student itself. We all must come together to make sure that the gap of 1 to 3.46 
get reversed back in the days, right? <laughs> to maybe close to 2 or 2.5. So that is my wish for regards to that. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. And on that note, I think we will wrap up, of course. Uh, folks, I've been speaking with Dr. Sonny Oi, the president at the Internet Alliance, and Kausen Hugh, the vice president of the MDA. And if you missed any part of this conversation, you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app, which is available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. Um, don't go anywhere, though, because coming up after the one o'clock news, we have the Breakfast Grill replay. 26-year-old secret recipe has more than 300 outlets in Malaysia and a significant presence overseas as well. The managing part, uh, sorry, managing director Patrick Sim came on the breakfast grill this morning to share their expansion plans and how they maintain quality control. And some people are asking why they got rid of some of their Dorian cheesecake. We'll find out a little bit <laughs> later on. Don't go anywhere though. We've got some ads taking us up to the top of the hour, and of course the Brothers Johnson with some music. It is Stomp. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very, thank very, you much. very much. Thank you very much. This has been Enterprise Biz Bites here on BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.